Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the first episode of a new podcast series from Football.London on Tottenham Hotspur's move from Wembley back to the site of White Hart Lane. In the first episode, Alistair Gold chats to stadium announcer Paul Coit on his memories of White Hart Lane and the big move to Wembley. Start in the past. Yep. Let's go back. Back yep. to that wonderful place, White Hart Lane, where we've uh, obviously spent many years, the both of us. Yeah. <sighs> what was it like when you kind of first found out, essentially, it's coming to an end? You know, it's it's there's going to be no more White Hart Lane for me or anyone here. You know what? It was uh, To be honest with you, it was only probably... Um, the last two games that it really hit home because of course if you remember there was there was no official announcement that it was yep. going to come to an end so although we knew and I think all the fans kind of knew it wasn't you know signed sealed and delivered that this is going to be the very last season so there was that and it didn't feel I don't know about you but it didn't feel like oh this is it this is the end it only truly felt like it was coming to an end was for the last game and for the finale for me because however much I'd go in there and think God, this is, how, how am I going to feel how am I going to feel what do I feel like now I, honestly Alex, I didn't feel anything really? I didn't feel it because <laughs> I didn't it's probably part of me that didn't actually believe it yeah. because it just seemed normal that I was going in and it was only the very last I mean there's a whole I'll tell you all about that afterwards but there was when I walked away or during the finale that was when it felt like this is actually ending was I mean the only other one that I kind of felt oh this is a little bit historic was the North London derby yeah. for me it kind of felt like oh god this is the last one yeah. we're going to have here mm-hmm. and the noise was phenomenal that mm. day can you remember that that mm. absolutely mental I mean did there anything in that one did you kind of feel in obviously with the North London derby coming up this weekend again albeit at the Emirates there was something special about that day wasn't there there was it was it was really special but again for me it was more me saying to myself, this is the last one, instead of truly feeling. Right. It's, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know no, it sounds, no, I I know I it sounds a bit bizarre, um, but, but it was more, wow, this is going to be the last one. Oh, let's hope. But without actually truly, because I didn't really, and I'm a pretty emotional person. I mean, <laughs> for, for when we were talking about putting the um, finale together, the amount of people that were saying to me, yeah, watch Coity because, yeah, yeah, we know that you're going to cry. And I'm going to, what? What am I going to do? You know, it's like, it's because a lot of that, my halftime seems to have turned into weep fests. So it's, it's like it's like Scylla doing surprise, surprise a lot of the time. But, but yeah, it, it, I, it was great. And I know what you're saying. And I did fit, but I didn't feel it deeply until the last game. I get you. I get you. So before we get to the finale, which was brilliant, let's yeah. kind of look back a bit because obviously you'd spent more than a decade yeah. there, hadn't you? I mean, what... There's got to be some standout moments for you, special guests maybe you spoke to or moments in games that you were able to kind of witness from the sidelines because you're quite close to the action yeah. as well, really. Yeah. God, let me think. First one I ever did because I'd been at the club probably maybe two seasons maybe a season and a half and I was brought in I'll, I'll just give you a little background on how I got the gig in the first yeah, place so, so I'm um, I was working for Capital Gold and a DJ on there and it was not doing sport just doing you know doing an afternoon show and I'd been a season ticket for years and you know and been since I was a little boy and my dad was a big fan my dad got ill and so we stopped going we hadn't been for a while and I think it might have had something to do with the fact that we got rid of David Ginola I was so pissed off <laughs> <laughs> that's it yeah, I'm, not, I'm not coming back here again it's a disgrace might have had a little bit to it so anyway then um, we had a game against Norwich which was what 2004 I think it was and my wife's from Norwich and we'd never played Norwich since I'd, I'd been with her so I spoke to Dave. You remember Dave? You know David Jensen, Kid Jensen. Yes, hey, the kid. Yes, hey. Yeah. So I said to Dave, I said, you know, because he knows everybody. I said, you know, he was doing the morning show and I was doing the afternoon. I said, yeah, anybody at Spurs? And he said, yeah, I know Mike Rollo. You know, he's the commercial guy. So um, I said, do you reckon he can sort me out with some tickets to take my dad and my wife? And he said, yeah. So anyway, Mike calls me 
but I, I had very minor dealings with him. Even to me, he seemed like a giant because he worked at Spurs. Mm. So um, he phoned me and he said, you know, we'd love to have you, you know, your, your, your wife and your dad come along and have a meal. I'm like, yeah, this is amazing, you know, give me hospitality. And then he said, how would you feel about um, hosting in one of the lounges? And I'm like, are you kidding me? And he said, no, no, no. And he goes, you know, would you? And I said, I'd love to. I'd love to. It'd be amazing. And, you know, I'd do it for nothing. It was ridiculous. So then I get a call the, Friday, the day before the, um, the Norwich game and he says, um, Martin Chivers isn't in. Could you fill in for him? And I'm like, oh, my God. What? <laughs> this is ridiculous. I need my dog after Martin Chivers. This is crazy. <laughs> so anyway, I went in and I've, I'd interviewed... Film stars, pops, everybody. You know, I've done millions of interviews, a ridiculous amount with big stars. But when I went in there and I met Pat Jennings and I met Ralph Coates and all those that were in the first team I ever went, uh, ever saw and Martin Peters, I really found it hard because I was totally in awe. And I just... and And... I was talking to him, you know, when you think, oh no, I'm talking to him, and you're thinking about it. It's like going on a date with this beautiful woman that you've gone for the first time. You think, oh my God, what am I going to do? Oh my God. And so I was thinking, what do I do? And I was, anyway, I sat enjoying the game. And they, I didn't do anything. And they said, well, we want you to do the, um, do the man of the match. So I was like, oh God, what am I going to do? I'm sitting next to my wife. She's going, what the, what's the matter with you? I was like, I just can't. This is just terrible. I couldn't. Anyway. Cut a long story short, I was all in a state. As soon as I got on to do the man of the match, I had the microphone in my hand, and I felt totally comfortable. And it was like, this is easy. I can do this. This is no problem. Because I don't know about you, honestly, but I often find, I don't call it real life a lot of that, because mm. you think you then you're on, you're doing your job, and then yeah. it doesn't feel. So anyway, I did that, and that was fine. And then they said, um, the mic said, you know, you know, could you come back next week and do it next week? And it just <laughs> went from there. So then a wow. year later... Um, or so, then they said, look, we've got David Ginler on the pitch at half-time. Can you do an interview with him? Uh, and it was at Fulham game. So I said, yeah. And they said, Sky are going to take it. I mean, yeah, fine, no problem. So I said, oh, my God, what are we going to <laughs> So anyway, I walked. In those days, we didn't have the camera right pointing at my face. It was one of those that was up at the, in the stand. So, and, and you'd see the screen. You could, I just, anyway, they said, right, go on, off you go. So walk into the middle of the pitch, which is where I used to do it. So I just started walking out to the middle of the pitch looked up to the right and I saw the Jumbotron and I could see myself walking, which then I realised I lost the power of putting one leg in front of the other. So I'm sort of stepping like this. So as I'm walking along, I think, oh, my God. Anyway, I looked down and I had no idea what, because being a Spurs fan since all my life, I had no idea what effect it would It didn't even cross my mind. I looked around and I thought, oh, my God, and I started getting a head spin. And the grass started moving up and I was, and I've never passed out in my life and I was this close wow. to passing out and I thought I'm going to go, I'm actually going to faint on the pitch in the middle <laughs> no of LA with all these people and so anyway I walked up and then I looked over to the other side and as I'm introducing I'm sort of talking, I'm introducing David Ginler and the first sight of David Ginler I see is this guy with his arms open going hello my friend <laughs> so that was how surreal, the most surreal star so that was it and then after that then it was just like I mean now it's it's, it's it's fucked I've done so many and it yeah. just feels normal now but the effect it had on me still I mean I never ever take it for granted because <laughs> you know each time I think okay this will be it this will be the last one but I'll still get away with it so. <laughs> no, you do a fantastic job and I mean without obviously making anyone feel that they're not favourites are there kind of any players over the years you just used to, it was a pleasure to kind of interview obviously as yeah. a journalist I, I have that when I'm in the mix zone things like that but I'm guessing for you there were certain people that just like just magic kind of came out of the mouth almost when yeah. I spoke. Well, Ginla, I loved David Ginla because at the time it was worth paying your season ticket just to watch him run down that wing. Or I mean, the guy was unbelievable. And the charisma, everything. See, I hate it when someone nicks my microphone. It's just the, don't, you know, I'm really? left, I'm left hanging. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's happened a few times and I just like stand up. I don't know what to do with my hands. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Mickey Hazard was doing it and there's one where you actually see me wrestling the microphone with it. Don't grab the microphone. He would just take it out of my hand and do his thing and I'm left standing. I think, you know, whatever, he can do it. Um, so he's, he's great. Um, because of all, you know, I tend to make guard, and he knows what to do. <laughs> Hero-wise, Hoddle, for me, was the greatest player I ever saw play for Spurs. Course, yes. So the first time I ever met him, still I get a bit, you know, really? yeah, yeah. Wow. If I ever, when, and, and I find myself in a situation I still can't get out of my head. I'm talking to Glenn Hoddle, so that's yeah. still there. Still Sheringham does it for me as well. Nice. Yeah, love, love Sheringham. And... Um, 
guests that we've had on the on, on the pitch. I mean, moments that I'll always remember was I think one of the my favourite ones was when we had the, the who was left of the sixty one double team. Wow. So that was for the fiftieth anniversary. Yes. So they were all there and they're all you know they were gents really. And Dave Mackay was there. So Dave Mackay, who I had the absolute honour of watching a game with, Legend, sat next to him. I mean, just Legend. any Spurs player that he's been, or still says he was the greatest of all time. Yeah. So bless him at the time. Um, he was getting a bit unwell. And you could see the look in the eye and he wasn't, you know, 100% and he wasn't really all there, bless him. And it was, it was the start of a bit of a slide for Dave. So it was said to me and I thought, well, you know, I've got, I'm just going to walk along the line of them. And bless him, Bobby Smith was in hospital at the time. We didn't know that we'd lose him only soon after that because he'd had a fall. But anyway, so there was Dave Mackay was there. And um, as I walked along and, and spoke to each one, and I was thinking, and it was said, look, best bet is, you know, don't speak to Dave because we're not sure how he'll be, how he'll feel, course, whatever. Yeah. So, so then I'm, it's only as I'm walking down the line, I'm thinking, Christ, what am I supposed to do? Because I can't walk past Dave <laughs> Mackay. You've got the greatest Spurs player. Oh, I'm course. speaking to, you know, there's, there's you know, Terry Dyson and then there's Peter Baker and, and there's Cliff and, and I thought, what am I going to do? So I thought, I, so I just thought in my mind, I thought, I know what I'll say. And I'll just say... I'm going to do something now that hardly anybody ever did on the pitch at White Hart Lane. I'm actually going to walk past Dave Mackay. And I didn't mean it that way. So anyway, and I said, Dave, great to see you. Anyway, he looked at me. And, and for me, all the times I've met him, it's just this lovely older gentleman, the kindest, nice. I'd yeah. always heard the stories, but meeting him, I couldn't see it. Yeah. Anyway, he looks at me, and this is on film, and he just looks, he, gra- he almost grabs me, and he says, and they see these steely eyes, look at me, he says, what you see, son? What you see? And you could say, oh, shit, myself. <laughs> like, this guy was like 80, and I could see that look, and I went, oh, Dave, I'm just saying it. <laughs> so, but, but, but before then, we, um, we, we'd worked out um, how we were going to do it, because they often phone me and they say, look, how do you see it working? How can we put this together? And I said, right, this is what I think. We'll... Get pictures, they're old pictures, those old cigarette card pictures. So if you can find pictures of when they were in their prime, put that on the screen and then it's pretty much the juxtaposition of seeing yeah. them. So then I'll say one line, and this is what I used again for, um, for the finale. So, and it was going to be very simple and it would be, you know, Dave Mackay, 60-61, ever-present, played this many games, FA Cup, Blah, blah, blah. That was it, something very simple. And then he would walk out. And then, then they would have the picture on the screen, the old picture, and then it would dissolve into him coming out now. Nice. So I thought that was good. So that's how we'll do it for each player. Great. Classical music. They have some classical music playing and let's pick the right music. So let's make it really moving and make it really beautiful. Okay, fine. That's, that's how I see it going. Okay, let's do it. Let's put it I had no, and I'm going, this is great because it will get everybody going. But I had no idea how it would affect me as well. <laughs> so when we got to, and I said, look, I'll say the late, uh, what was it? What was it? I think it was with Danny Blanchflower. I think we said the late great or something similar for mm. Bill Nicholson as well. And his daughter was there and it was the same with Danny. And then by the time he got to that, I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm, in t- I'm crying my eyes out here. And it was one of those. So it's great. It's just, it's just an absolute joy to do that sort of stuff. Say, that sounds amazing to kind of be part of something that you love so much yeah. and contributing as well to it in a mm. way as well. And the 125. Can I tell you another one? Go, yeah, yeah, go for it. 125. Look, I'll keep you here all day. Yeah, yeah, I love it. 125 um, for that celebration. That was another one. It was on the spur of the moment. And it was, it were, we had all the players that were all going to, all the great ex-players that were going to come out pretty similar yeah. to the finale. So it was before the Aston Villa game and they said, right, okay, we're ready to go. Stand in front of the camera already. And then uh, I was told, we're not ready. You're going to have to fill for two minutes. Can you fill for two minutes? And I'm like, Christ, what am I going to do for the fill for two minutes? And I'd forgotten that everybody was given a flag. I completely forgot about it. So as I was just about to say something, out of the corner of my eye, and I can see it now, next to the tunnel, there was this little kid holding his flag. And then I remembered. And that was when I said, look, before they come out, I want everybody in the stadium to wave their flags. We've given flags to Villa as well. Then everybody started waving. And that I will never forget for the rest of my life. That moment I looked round and the whole of White Hart Lane was waving the flag. Oh, man, it was unbelievable. And that was only because they said, and there's that famous picture of the flags waving, and that was then because they said, 
we're not ready. Can you just fill for a second? And it was only because I saw that little boy with the with the That's flag. Fantastic. Yeah. And that was weirdly kind of, I suppose, a precursor to the finale. In the yeah, fans, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's really weird. Yeah, I completely forgot. God, that was a mental game as well, wasn't it? It was four, a four-four. Yeah, yeah. Eunice Cabal scored at the end, oh, didn't he? He did, and everyone went mad. And on any other day, a four-four against Villa probably wouldn't have been that great, but it just felt right. Yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, It was so Tottenham Hotspur because they <laughs> were singing, weren't they? Well, the Villa fans were singing Happy Birthday. Yeah. Weren't, yeah. Didn't they go like three-one up or something? Yeah, oh, they were ahead. It was like ahead, yeah. I mean, it was just thinking, oh my god, this is just so typical us. And then it was even more typical us that then we came yeah. back. Oh, it summed up 125 years. Perfectly. <laughs> yeah, really absolutely, did, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I was going to ask you, and this may not be something that kind of affects you at all, but I just thought about it this morning. I remember Martin Joel, um, end of the season, used to do like a speech on yeah. the pitch thing. <laughs> yeah, Is yeah. it only because you, you triggered it when you said about grabbing the microphone? Yeah, yeah. Did he take that yeah. off? I remember him doing like, a real passionate <laughs> chest-thumping speech. Yeah. Was that meant to be a you talking to him? Yeah, 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 it was. It was. There was me, there was Ray. Now, I remember Ray. Ray was our photographer. And he had one bad leg old Ray, bless him. <laughs> Just the loveliest fella, and he'd been there for years. You'd always see him come out with the take the pictures. He's not at Wembley now, he's retired now. Um, Ray Pickard, his name, he's a fantastic bloke. And there was me and Ray. And I know me and Ray always had a little joke about someone nicking my microphone. When you stand in the middle of the pitch, it's really difficult to understand, to hear. I mean, you think Wembley's bad. I mean, when mm. it was when you're in the middle, it's really difficult to pick up what people are saying. Oh, really? So uh, we got Martin, that was it, we did the usual you know, lap of appreciation and then, then Martin was going to come in and, they said, and I said, will he say a few words? Yeah, okay, so I'll ask him a question. Anyway, then he grabbed the microphone off me and I can hear this like, and I'm thinking, anyway, Ray leans over and he's going, go on, he's next to your bloody microphone, go and take it off him, go on. And it's me, Ray and Martin Yoll in the middle of the picture and there's Ray going, don't stand for that, you want to get it off him? And it was so funny. But, but that was where the, I've told this story in the past about Martin Yoll because I, th- I think it was that one, it might have been the year before, is that I was going to speak to him on the pitch and that year, and I'd said, you know, okay, so what happens now? It's the summer. You know, what do you do? You go off in the summer? I said, where are you going? Are you going somewhere nice on a year? Where are you going on a holiday? And just said that to him, and he, anyway, just moved on. So anyway, about two or three months later, we, I was doing an evening with Martin Yole and Chris Hewton, and it was nice. at Enfield's Working Men's Club. Yeah. So you know how when you meet, you're not sure whether they know who you are. You sort of work with them before, yeah. and you try and drop a clue in, <laughs> and just to say, oh, just to say, oh yeah, that was me, by the way. So anyway, Chris, I knew, and then and Martin, I just said, oh yeah, Martin, by the way, and talking about grabbing the microphone, I said, yeah, Martin, by the way, um, you know, when we do the interview, if you do us a favour, not grab my microphone, and then uh, and then go because I'm left bound. He went, he went, oh yeah, yeah, because. Uh, Oh yeah, th- yeah. On the pitch uh, at the end of the end of the season, he goes, yeah. That guy says to me, um, "Where are you going on holiday? What kind of a fucking stupid question is that?" <laughs> and I go, "Yeah, you won't get that from me, Martin. You won't get it." <laughs> I said, "You're getting out of that from me." <laughs> that, was, that was I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I'm thinking, actually, I thought it was a really good question. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was that. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, <laughs> I thought it was an excellent question. Yeah, I'm sure you ask that all the time when you're sitting there in <laughs> exactly. the press conferences, Maurizio. <laughs> Yeah, somewhere nice on holiday this year. Yeah, yeah, that's one of our leading questions. There you go. Yeah, Just yeah. relaxes him and then goes straight for the big one. I mean, yeah, go on, Martin. I could go on for ages about Martin. He's uh, he's such a character. Yeah, he is. He yeah, is. Yeah. But let's let's fast forward him to the to the finale. Yep. How much of a because it sounds like you do play quite a role in kind of like forming certainly parts of the ceremony and stuff yep. that involve you. I mean, how did it work with this one? Kind of how right. early were you involved? Um, I was told. Um, Oh dear! There was there was always talk about it, and I'd speak to um, Emma Taylor in marketing, who's who's who was across most of it, and then I'd say she goes, "Yeah, it's in hand. We'll let you know when you need to know. There's something going on. We'll let you know when you need to know." Is it? So anyway, then when was it? It was probably a couple of months before. I've been talk. There's um, Theo Delay. You're probably aware of Theo. Yes. Theo's a great fella and um, great director. And they and he'd made the film about the one two five that that came out. So they went to him, said, "Right, this is the sort of thing we want." And then he then moved it on a bit. And then I was told that Theo was doing it. And Theo spoke to me. And then we had a chat about it. And then it went into uh, there was a committee of about one two. How many was it? Probably about. Probably no more than about nine or ten people. It went obviously further up, and then it went up to Donna and Danny. We'll find out about, but but originally it was that. So Theo had put together the original idea of how it was going to be. 
you know, we're not going to have Adele, it's not going to be some big superstar because everybody's thinking, oh, it's going to be Adele, it's going to be this. Yeah. It was all about the club and it was a be- right. it was going to be simple, it was going to be tasty, it was going to be Spurs. So then um, then I was brought in and then it was, then that was the interesting thing that the first the first meeting we had when I did ask about, see, they're going to kill me for this, they did ask me about people running off. I said about people running on the pitch and they said, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not your concern, Paul. Yeah, yeah, it was my concern. So so anyway, it was, um, so we went through everything and, and, you know, and I also should mention the band and I always mention the band who were unbelievable and these guys it was put together by uh, there was talk about having original marching band you know a good military band moved on and then Steve Sidwell who's who's the musical arranger very talented guy you know he's got goodness knows how many awards not Steve Sidwell the footballer Steve Sidwell the musical (laughs) arranger so he was brought in it's a big Spurs fan and he was asked about you know what do you think and he said well look you know I could put together this band so this band, when I met them, probably in the rehearsal a couple of days before, you see these guys walking in with old trombones. Oh, you need to think, who are these fellas? These guys are the best in the country. He's pointing, Steve's pointing, he's going, those fellas over there have probably played on every film, British film soundtrack for the past wow. 40 years. That guy over there is the finest trombone player in the country. That guy, Anyway, we did a little test and just, a, I'm, 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 I'm going to be, Flip-flopping all over yeah, the place. Yeah, cool. so, sorry. so anyway, we did a little test in, in one of the lounges. This is on the Thursday for, before the um, before the Sunday. And um, anyway, I stood up and I said, and I said, well, and they said, well, you read through some of the intros and then we'll play the. Anyway, my God, in this room, you should have heard. I was just like, my, this is amazing, <laughs> and I'm talking along with them. It was just <laughs> incredible. So these guys, they stood out there in the rain. These weren't some just like ragtailed, you know, load of people that just played they were the best in the country these were and and the way the song and if you listen to it you know the Aussies going to yeah. Wembley and all that the way it all segued and then it was all it all ended on my when I'd speak it was just they were brilliant so they were in so there was Steve in there uh, and there was um, so anyway then we would talk about players then uh, who the players were and Simon Faustini you know very mm-hmm. well um uh, he was involved in that about contacting different players. There were certain players that couldn't make it. We know about Gaza, you know, Gareth Bale couldn't come over because they're all everybody was everybody that we wanted there, you know, w- was asked. Yeah. Um, so then it was like, how are we going to say? It? I said, Look, we can't do one name. It won't work. I've got to do a line, and also I want it to be, you know, not just they've done this. Then I'll vary it. So. I just went home and I wrote this stuff, and then they said, "Yeah, okay, that's great." If you know, it needs to be factually checked. I said, "I think you'll find that all <laughs> facts are correct. I think you'll find." So, so that was all fine, and that was the stuff. Well, you know, I'd do a serious one, and they say he's only got one knee, Ledley King, and so just very around. Yeah. So, so there was that. So I did all that, and then I wrote the speech at the end, um, which was another one that it was just literally. I was sat at the kitchen table, and I thought, "Okay, well, I'll just write." a few things what it means because my dad I lost my dad only about three months before who took me and I thought of what it meant to me and it was all about yeah. you know families and you know and, and it was and, and that's what I wanted to make it it was it was actually double the length of that it was cut in half really? because it goes on it would go on to say you know, it's about you know uh, passing to sons and daughters and blah 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 and then I'd say but most of all it's all about glory that's what yeah. that's how it was going to end but we were running out of time so that of got course, cut yeah. so <clears throat> and then it was now you know and then say, time to say farewell to Wild Lane the world famous home so that was it which was just the most unbelievable honour to be able to say that like. wow. so the day before um we had an we had an event. I think we had some sort of supporters event, and then I had a meeting, and then I'd, I'd done the stuff on the Thursday, and they said, "Look, you've got to do it really straight. This has just got to be really straight." So I was sat in a room with Emma, and I'm just delivering, and she's going, "All right, slower. It's going to have to be slower. You've got to do it even slower." Just and then I was told, "Listen, if you feel that you're going to go, if you feel like you might go, don't worry." It's fine. And I still don't know whether that meant we'd like you to or it's okay. But that was all I was yeah. told. And so when I did do that last line and there was all this... Yeah, did he crack on the word home? Was it What was the word? The world-famous home of the Spurs. Yeah. Don't know. But there was never any worry. I was worried that I would feel emotional. Right. But I was so determined to deliver it right and make sure it was right. It was only afterwards 
that was when it hit me. It was perfect. And that was when it hit me. Oh, no, it was... You just did it so much justice. Thank you. Superb. And, uh, yes, and we must touch upon the other, obviously, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, something subsequently I gave you so much praise for because I just thought it was amazing the way you dealt with it. Talk us through the moment you saw the fans breaking from the stands and right. onto that pitch at the whistle. Okay. So I was told to get down to the tunnel about five minutes before the end of the game. So I was down there ready, had my earpiece in. I'd, as as anybody would know me, I would have my obligatory nervous wee before I would start. <laughs> oh, my God. We've got, how long have we got? 30 minutes, 30 seconds. I've got to have a piss. I've got to go now. So so that was it. So, so anyway, then I'm back in place. I'm ready to go. Players are running off. I'm ready. Everybody's in position. They're all ready to put, put everything together. And uh, then Pete would say, you know, stay in your seats. And then, then this is coming up later. Because this was all done, if you notice, we had these, all these speakers around. We didn't use those until the finale happened because then it would be bang and everybody would take notice. So um, I remember Harry running through and people grabbing hold of him. But he looked happy. He looked fine. And everybody would come around. And then, then I'm looking and thinking, shit. Everybody's running on the pitch. <laughs> what are we going to do? Everybody's coming on the pitch. I'm thinking NBC in America are going to take this live. 90-odd countries around the world are going to take this live. I can't, I can't allow this not to happen. There's too much in this. This is too important. It's too important mm. for the club. It's too important for all of us. We've all got someone in this and everybody yeah. here. We don't want to miss this. So Pete Abbott... Did what you know? Who, who does all the announcing and said, you know, if everybody didn't get off the pitch, get off the pitch, nothing. And then something clicked, and I just ran up to the little room behind where the dugout is. So you've got to give me the microphone. I'm gonna have to do this. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It sounds so ridiculous. <laughs> there was, um, and as I ran out, and I just, I'm just, and then Donna, Donna Cullen came down as well. And she was saying, you know, I said, look, I've got this, fine, we'll do it. And then she was whispering stuff, and she was on the same page. She was going, you've got to say, this is so important. And I said, trust me, I'm going to say that. That's what I'm going to do. Just leave me with it. It's going to be fine. Yeah, it's going to be fine. So I'm saying, please get off the pitch. So it started off, you've got to get off the pitch, go to the pitch. Then I'll be honest with you, Alice, I don't know what I said. Because <laughs> all I knew is that I just spoke from the heart. And I just it said, is. you've got, look, we've, we, this is so important to us. You don't want to miss this. We don't want to miss this. You've got to go back to your seat. But the thing that was in my head, and I still don't know, did everybody go back to the seats they came from uh-huh. or just go back to anywhere? I don't know. I think they gathered, yeah. I don't think everyone went back from my view. Yeah. But it was just from where I was sitting. You could just see the looks on people's faces. They went from kind of having a bit of a, oh, this yeah, is lovely, yeah. kind of we're enjoying the last moment. And then, you, yeah, you were kind of saying stuff like, you know, yeah, this is such a wonderful moment. You're going to miss it. You're going to, you know, this is going to be marking the end of this wonderful state. And you could just see their faces starting to turn a bit like... Mm. Oh, this is getting a bit awkward now. I kind yeah. of feel like we're holding things up, and this is something special. And maybe we've had our fun, and now it's time to go. And it's just, I will always remember that. It was as as much as you can big up a man on a tannoy, honestly. Because <laughs> obviously, you've got so many other strings to your, your, yeah. you know, your bow with the interviewing and stuff like. That. But in terms of tannoy usage, it was amazing. <laughs> you, honestly, they just they just turned and went. And then, yeah, you gave us that wonderful finale. It was there was a couple of things I remember. There was a couple of blokes that came running on the pitch, and he was like, "Yeah, I mean, bless him. These were your old hardcore from the seventies. <laughs> These guys have been pushing sixty. They both had a fag on. <laughs> they've come running over, and they've wanted to sit in Maurizio's chair and have a picture. I remember yeah. a, um, I remember one of the. Um, uh, guards has come over and one of the um, securities come over and said lad you've got to go back to your seat and they've gone yeah F off yeah we do we <laughs> in life. So, so normally in, again in real life I've yeah. never got anyway, I've gone up to these I've gone fellas what are you doing listen do me a favour you've got to get back you know we've got all this and they've gone Oh, yeah, sorry, Paul. Can we have a <laughs> selfie before we go? And I've gone, all right, come on then. I'd love to see that. And so, so they've got every selfie. Then they went, come on then, we're going back. And I said, I appreciate it. Then I remember there was saying something about a patch of green. I remember saying that. I remember going, this is a good sign because I can see green. Yes, I remember that. I can yes. see green. So keep going. This is great. Just keep going. And then... I was concerned about afterwards because then we had players coming on with kids. So I remember before we started the ceremony, that's when I went out and said, look, please stay where you are because there's kids that are coming on, there's babies and dogs and small animals. <laughs> and so, so if you could please, and, and everybody did, which was, I was surprised, which was incredible. But 
you know what, it worked, didn't it? I mean, the whole yes. thing, I'm so... But even with the pitch invasion, everything was right. And if yeah. that didn't happen, then we wouldn't have seen the rainbow. Yeah. It was everything was... Nobody can look back and regret the pitch invasion no. because everybody went back and, you know, you it, it, to be there, that was... It was the right thing to do. And the fact everybody went back... It was incredible. It was, and it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't an angry pitch invasion. It no. wasn't a look at me pitch invasion. It was a real kind of trying to soak up the moment. Yeah. I think that was all it was. Um, I was just trying to remember. Did you get? Did you get soaked as well? Did they give you a brolly? No, I didn't get a brolly, but I I was very carefully placed to stand under <laughs> the stand, so I was all right. But you know what? I met a guy. Uh, I did a, an event. Uh, where was it? It was up in Wellingborough with Ledley King about a week ago, and a guy comes up to me and he said, "I've got the set. I've got the penalty spot." From Park Lane, I said, "How the? F- how'd wow. you?" And I said, "How'd you get it?" And he said, "I went on, looked around, and he dug it up with his foot, no. and he got the penalty spot." And I'm like, "God, I wish I'd got something like that." And he dug up the penalty spot with his foot. That now that's a smart man. That is, a smart you know, man. that's thinking. Going, yeah, I'm not going for the celebration. I'm going for the penalty. He spot. knows and he got it in the crowd. He, yeah. knows he can get away with it. <laughs> he knew. Actually, what he was that kind of leads me on to my next thing. You did you take anything? Any little memento? Were you allowed to? Did you do it anyway? Or? Yeah, I they. Um, the night before, I think it was that night, the, um, they went in and they had 12 hours to clear everything. And I'd made jokes, oh, I said I'd made jokes, it wasn't a joke, I said the week before um, to the people that I work with, and I said, look, can I bring a screwdriver in? And they went, ha, 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 and you know, you go, yeah, ha, ha, ha. No, I was actually serious. <laughs> so, so I was given something, I was given a, a sign, and um, I was given a sign. I was, it was just a big, I think it was in the director's box, big cockerel with... with um, that was above the director's box and bless him then I said look if there's anything you just grab for I really appreciate it I wanted what I really wanted was the huge sign outside outside the ground with the, like the map of the ground yes. but it turned out it was just so bloody huge <laughs> so it wouldn't have gone anywhere so this thing was big enough so anyway I went to pick it up put it on my garage put it on the back of my garage and it was amazing great big thing with what, and I thought that's, that's my piece anyway it was only a couple of weeks ago I thought it's gone and I hadn't screwed it down now. I found it in an alleyway and the wind had took it and blown it. It's broken in about three or four. Oh, no heartbroken. Way. So I've got it in these places. I'm going to try and carefully glue the whole thing together. But oh. that's probably, yeah, that's it. And also, um, they've said to me and the ex-players, we can have a chair each and we're going to get it next week. Nice. A chair from the, um, from the boardroom with the Ooh, white outline. And I'm very happy. very nice. I'm very, very that happy. very nice. So oh, very happy. What about you? Did you get anything? Do you know what? I was quite lucky in that on the day itself, we all kind of, all the press were like, oh, can we have our seats? We yeah. pretty much sit in the same yeah, seats yeah. every yeah, week. Yeah. Oh, no. You're like, kidding oh, me. They no, were like, yeah, your press seat. No, we weren't. But fortunately, as I do, as people will see on our Website and stuff. I, I often go to the new stadium, see how it looks. Yeah, yeah. Followed White Hart Lane as it was slowly becoming rubble. Um, and one of the visits, I was just watching. Started to talk to some guy. Uh, something to do with the. I obviously, won't describe him anyway or yeah, name yeah, 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 yeah. him. Uh, and we were talking away. We didn't even mention anything like that. Mm. And he just suddenly went, "You're gonna be here for another five minutes." I was like, "Yeah, yeah. I've got to take photos and stuff like that for the website." Went off, came back, and it's on this blue thing. And I was like, no. And it was a seat from the stadium. He's like, you know, these are only going to probably get chucked in that big thing over there anyway. Here you Brilliant. Go, and I was like, oh, you don't know what you've just done. Oh, that's great. You know, obviously, and then I had my whole tube journey home. <laughs> Did you sit on it on the tube? No, no. Did you put it underneath you and then no, go? <laughs> held it aloft, honestly. Couldn't have been prouder. My wife, totally different when I got in with yeah, this yeah. blue seat. See, that's the thing. What do you do with it? Everybody's bought these seats and it looks great in the presentation box. You keep it in there. Yeah. But I know people have gone, right, I've got it home. Well, do I put it now together and sit on it? I know. So I've got little things like that, the, the team sheet from the day. And I've got this weird tradition. Um, I try, and if there's a historic match, it sounds so egotistical, but it, I, ju- I try and get in the first questions from each show in the yeah. press conference, just as a little thing right. to say. Yeah, yeah. So I like the final North London derby. Yeah, I kind yeah. of did it. And I think oh, I'm pretty first. sure I did it with the finale as well. Yeah. I think I did it with Real Madrid as well, actually. Where are you going on holiday? Just on <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, just weird little stuff like that. But, no, that seat, it, it's still, it's bizarrely in our bedroom, which my wife is still <laughs> really worry. annoyed at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know what that says, but there's some kind of weird, <laughs> kind of uh, what my real passion is or something like that. I but, think uh, we know the answer to yeah, that. Exactly. So I think we all know the answer to that. But, yeah, I never got a seat. I never did get a seat. Yeah, I should have gone, oh, never got that. I don't know what I kept from the programme. I got a programme signed by... That was a weird one, was when I had to go into the room with all the all the ex-players and the managers were all in this room and then I always have to stand up in front of all of them and just go, right, this is how we're going to do this. Did you notice everybody was in alphabetical order? That was how we did it. Yes. Every player uh... was in alphabetical order apart from one. 
and that was Les Allen, because the first two, it was going to be Clive, Les and Paul. But because Les um, wasn't quite so good on his feet and wasn't sure exactly where to go, I said, let's do Clive first, because Clive's on the ball, so is... um, so is Paul. They will go to each side, and then from then on, each one will walk to. So go to you know Paul and then Clive and then yeah, whoever's yeah. not. So that was the only one that was out of order. Was was that? And we we actually worked that out. We we sat in a meeting. So right, what order we do this? And and it was worked out. It's like, well, do we do it in? Some people said do it in eras. And I said absolutely not because you're going to lose people early on, yeah. or you've got to mix and match it because then you'd like who's next? Who's next? Mm. Otherwise, you kind of guess. And I didn't yeah. want it to be like that. So everybody agreed, and then we looked at alphabetical order, and you know what? It worked really well. Everybody mixed up. It really worked well in alphabetical order. Oh, it was awesome. And you could tell everyone got a really... Obviously, there were a couple that got amazing ovations because of who they are, uh, but everyone got a really good ovation. Mm. Everyone was appreciated, Mm. even... Even Teddy's, uh, was it a really light suit? I remember him wearing it. Yes, it was. It like, was. Yeah, yeah. How is that not going to get soaked and see through or something like that? No, it was strange, strange with Teddy. Teddy was like an idol of mine uh, when I was young. It was first Gary Lineker, then Teddy. But then I also, before I had the Tottenham gig, covered Stevenage. So right. I kind of got to see him yeah, slightly yeah. different side to him and the mm. management thing. So in a weird way, yeah, maybe slightly kind of de- uh, like humanised him, I suppose, in yeah. a way, kind of used to seeing this sure. idol. But no, I'm with you on the whole Glenn Hoddle stuff. He was at, um, what was it? I think it was in uh, Nicosia for the Applewell match. Yeah. Just typing away as you do. And mm. then suddenly, just, it's almost like you just feel the back of your neck, uh, yeah. hairs on your neck go up and he just, he walked by and he was sitting right behind me the whole match. And honestly, never have I been so distracted during the match. Amazing. I was like, oh, what's he saying? What's he, whatever he's saying is right. You know what bugs me is that he, get, he does get this bad rap uh, oh, for yeah, a lot of people yeah. going, oh yeah, he was arrogant. This He is the nicest man. I yeah. mean, I've never, every's just like one of the lads and he's just a lovely, and it's Glenn Hoddle for Christ's sake. If anybody's got the right to be arrogant, and I'd be more than happy for him to be like yeah, that, but he's I not. And, and I think he's, he's a lovely fellow. He yeah, really no, I spoke to him once and he, he was absolutely lovely. Right, as sad as it is, we have to move away from White Hart Lane. Okay. Pretty much like the fans and moving on, it was very sad, but we're going to have to... Oh, better tell you, final, final. Oh, yeah, go my on. Oh, very bring last. Bring us back in, go on. The Let's... very last, my walk at, walking away from White Hart Lane Yeah. was, I was there, everybody had gone, I thought, right, it's time, it's now time for me to say goodbye to White Hart Lane <laughs> and World Fans Home Express. So, I thought, I know what I'm going to do, I'm going to walk downstairs and I will walk across the pitch and then I'll go out the other entrance so that'll be the way to go so as I went down to the pitch the only people there was Maurizio and his staff and the directors and um, Donna Cullen came over and was really lovely about everything and then and I've never I've been in quite a few but I've never actually taken a selfie and actually taken a selfie so as I walked over there was Maurizio and I said listen I've never taken one can we do one and he said Let's go. So me and Maurizio Pochettino walked to the middle of the pitch. That's class. Took a selfie and then gave me a hug. And then I went home. That's beautiful. That was the way to go. That's the way to finish. That was the way to it finish. It really was. Yeah. Actually, there's one other thing I was going to ask you. Only because I know it's something that the fans probably wonder as well. Have you tried to get Daniel Levy on the microphone more? Because he's such a private, shy man. Mm. But any time he actually does talk... It has quite an impact. Yeah. And I just wonder, from your point of view, it must be someone that you've kind of said, oh, you know, like maybe even at the finale. Mm. I think because um, was it, it was a video, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. it was within the video. Was, was there ever a kind of temptation like, come on, have that, talk I, to them. They, they, they so. do really like you. It's yeah. not, you know. I, th- I, th- I think so. But then again, you know, it's it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, you mm. you know, you get, you've got a man, he's a businessman, and that's his gig. You know, he runs, he's not there to be the, you know, the show pony and stand yeah, out there true. and all that. And he talks very well, and as does, we saw. Does. And for me, I don't think he needed to. I don't think it's mm. like, you know, it's like after the death of Diana, a queen, you have to speak to us. <laughs> you have to speak to us. Didn't need to. And he's one of these people that understood that, mm. you know, he's, and he said he's the custodian. He's looking yeah. after it until the next person. Yeah. He said that. And, and he honestly feels that way. And I, and I think he's, he's right. And it was all about the play. That's why we didn't have the managers. I mean, some people yeah. said, well, how comes the managers didn't come? It was about the players on the pitch. It was about... That's what it was all yeah, about. It was it. about our heroes. Yeah, they could have come out... You know, there's arguments for and against, and I can see both. But for me, and I think it, it was perfect. It just it worked beautiful. perfectly. Well, that's the thing. I think... Because I think 
because people knew the managers were there, mm. so they were kind of like, and they were picked they up. Out? Everybody saw them. Yeah, yeah they, exactly. They mm. were there, and it couldn't have been more perfect. It mm. really couldn't have. Right, Wembley. Yep. First impressions when you first started in the opening weeks was there a bit like, oh, this is different, or is it for someone like you, it's just another stage kind of? No, it was. Like see, I'd done a lot for Wembley in the hospitality. I used to do sort of the England games and the cup right. finals and stuff like that for them. So I knew the knew the place, knew the rooms. Bigger, much much bigger lounges. So I like to when I do the man of the match, and it's usually two hundred people or so in the old oak room, which was great, and it's just a lovely amount. Then we're walking into a huge Bobby Moore lounge, you know, sometimes over a thousand people, wow. different kettle of fish altogether. Just bigger, just more walking around, all that stuff, you know, uh, and just getting used to it. It's just like just, just just going to a different place, doing the same thing, and it just falls, and just doing it in a slightly different way and having to adapt to it, which I think sums up everybody, whatever they're doing at the club, whether they be playing or not, you know it's going to be there for a year, Definitely. so we've just got to adapt to it. The pitch, different kettle of fish again altogether, going out there. Um, I'd done the stuff for the... I'd been out there before for when we did the... Cup final against Chelsea. I wrote this long speech about what it was about being a Spurs fan. Mm. So that, so I'd done that. But the weird, it, the sound is different. I know a lot of people have complained. They said, oh, I can't hear anything. And, so then, and they were actually looking at it. I know the, the, the last game to try and sort out the problem with that. And also you hear this delay. So when you interview someone, really? you speak and then you hear your voice come back a couple of seconds later. Oh, it must be off-putting. Which is, I've dealt with before, so you know you just got to keep going. But mm. then I remember Mickey Hassan coming out and seeing his face, he's just going, well, I can't... <laughs> and you can hear this coming back again and you can see it thrown a bit because it's all different. You're sounding a different point and it sounds... But, you know, it's just... It's bigger. It's not our home. I think now we're feeling more comfortable. I think everybody... But... I think it's a. I think it's all of us. Everybody in it together. Supporters, players, officials. We're all kind of getting used to it as we go along, each yeah. week by week, and even probably the same with you. Yeah. I mean, I think the way I've kind of tried to describe it, it's like it is. It's it, it, it pretty much is exactly moving into a rental place for a year. Yeah. You know, at first it's oh god, this isn't like the home we've been in for years. But then little things start to feel a little bit more comfortable, and, mm. and as you get on. Yeah, it becomes like a home, and I mean, the little missteps along the way. I mean, obviously, the drummer with his hooked up to the, the microphone <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, went yeah. down. Yeah, a bit like, <laughs> and, I, and I'll be honest, the press played their part in that because we were all like, we're just sitting there, kind of looking around and thinking, what? This drummer is like, <laughs> yeah. God, must have enormous like Popeye arms yeah. to be getting to sound <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like, it keeps coming and it keeps going. And then obviously some of us were tweeting, the fans started to pick up on it. Yeah. And you know, no one was having a dig or anything. I think there's obviously a fear with a certain club at Stratford, the, um, yeah. and there were accusations when they were there. But I don't know if they were ever proved of noise being pumped in and crowd noise. And, right. and I think with Spurs, it was also please don't go that way. Yeah. I think we. Spurs with the finales, obviously, West Ham again got a bit of flack for theirs, whereas Spurs was so simplistically and beautiful. You know what? I wonder, it was it was looked at, you know, we were out of the corner of our eye. It wasn't like that's going to affect how we're going to do it. But we looked at that and thought, I, I'm not even going to speak for anybody else. So I looked at that and yeah. thought, we can do it better than that. Yeah. It's, we can do it. It was, it was overblown, taxis yeah. on the pitch, all yeah. this sort of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, like you said, I and mean, you said it earlier, it's about those players. It's about mm. those who trod the turf. It's not about this like ridiculous, overblown sense of self. Mm. It's just mm. the entertainers, you know? Mm. That was what it was. But Wembley, yes. So, I mean, can you see... I suppose that you probably... Well, you do. You probably talk to the players even more so than I do. Do you feel that there's this kind of change now and it's like, you know, a comfort more and comfortable. ease? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Again, see how I disgust it? See, the thing is... If I speak to them about it, or if you speak to them about it, you're going to hear, it's not a problem. Yeah. Of course you are. You know, nobody's going to go, oh, you know, this is this, this stadium, what are we going to do? We can't yeah. play in it. It feels comfortable. I think the turning, for me, I think Liverpool was the point. Yeah. It turned yeah, and then job. thought, you know what, this feels right now. Real Madrid was unbelievable. I mean, Christ, I mean, the noise. And that was our, that was our home, that was our, it was just, and, and it felt, it just felt fantastic. And I think, I think we're through whatever we're, whatever anybody wants to call it. Who do? I mean, let's face it, there was something there. Something yeah. was something wasn't quite clicking. 
whatever it was. But I think I'm pretty certain that's that's done now. I think so. Like you said, um, the kind of automatic responses players and even managers have, like Pochettino before in those early games. And let's be honest, Spurs were unlucky mm. in some of those yeah. earlier ones. Yeah, you know, you're right. Like Chelsea and, and Burnley and, and Swansea as well. And he was coming out with, oh, there's not a problem. It's mm. not a problem. It's nothing to do with the pitch. nothing to do with the stadium. It's about playing football. And mm. we've played at similar-sized pitches and this and everything. But then he just noticed when the first win came, it was very much like, ah, oh, thank goodness we got that out of the way. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, all right, OK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of ignoring what you said before there and all that. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's probably a relief for the journalists not asking him over yeah, and over yeah. again. But, yeah, I mean... Is anybody asking anything to do with that now? I mean, when you're going into the press conferences... Is that now no. done and dusted? It's just not going to come up. If we lose another game, is it going to come up again, or is is do you think oh. there's a line drawn under it as far as the journalistic? Oh. With with journalism, you can only draw a very faint pencil line sure. under something. Because there's think, always something to hang I out think, on. Yeah, I think if they lose two or three, there it suddenly becomes something, something about Wembley. Yeah, something. Yeah, but like you said, Liverpool and Real Madrid. Honestly, if you could have had. A kind of a perfect occasion to sum up the Wembley time. Hopefully there'll be more, mm. but that Real Madrid night, mm. like you say, that was as close as you're going to get to White Hart Lane atmosphere, I think. Mm. And then times by three, not in terms of quality, but quantity. Yeah. You know, it was the noise. I don't know what it's like where you are, because we're kind of quite high up, whereas in uh, mm. White Hart Lane, we were right next to the manager's dugouts yeah. on, yeah. on pitch level. So for us, we get maybe a slightly different version of the acoustics. Yeah. What's it like where you are? It must be, is it like deafening? I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm in different are places. Yeah, yeah, I'm all, I'm, I'm, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll sit up with the old players in the Royal Box bit around there, or I'm down near where the press area is so I can get down to the, uh, do the half time, and I'm, I'm often milling around in different places. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. It was. And it was, you look at, I think the thing for me is looking at... I took my little boy and I was looking at the scoreboard and seeing 3-0. And, and I think everybody was... The amount of people taking pictures of the scoreboard. It was yeah. unbelievable. And then Rafa van der Vaart at half-time as well, which was Brilliant. another one that I said, look, you know, we got round, with Real Madrid. I said, let's get someone... Get, can, can you get hold of Rafa van der Vaart? Someone, and, they, and they made calls and then said, you know, he's up for it. That's awesome. And, and, yeah, and everybody went bananas about it. It was just brilliant. So then I'm doing my little editing. That was me editing an instrumental version of Give It Up by Casey and the Sunshine Band, <laughs> sitting there with an Adobe Audition going, right, OK, I've got to try and get this word. I was spending about three or four hours to get this right, and I go, right, can you play that when I bring him out? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So so I've indirectly praised you again without realising, because in my uh, talking points after that match, I said, whoever thought up Van der Vaart was inspired. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you, Alistair. Well, purely, Bless you. even apart from the fact of how... I thought you were going to say the editing of Give It oh, Up was that, magnificent. <laughs> that was, that was mind-blowing, <laughs> But just the fact that often, and we know it, especially with Wembley, Crowds disappear at half-time. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even get them back for the start of the mm. first, uh, second half. So to have Van der Vaart, someone that's this little kind of like a magical figure, a bit of a Ginola type, yeah. that you just hang on every word, mm. so many people stayed. Mm. And it was I almost know, I like, that, yeah. because the end of the first half was such a crescendo of noise mm. as it finished, mm. you kept them there, mm. they were still pumped up, and the second half came, they were ready to go again. Mm. Whereas sometimes it takes a little while to build it up again. Mm. And inspired. So See, I, I, I think, you, and you'll answer this better than me, so I think it's an important thing that we do, the oh. half-time thing. See, a lot of the time, you know, you, you get, oh, well, sort of, oh, yeah, go out and do that. And, and it's, but I think it's important. I really think it's important yeah. that we have someone, you know, and I think of some of the guests that we've had that really, uh, Mickey was always good. And I remember Eric Torsford coming out and doing the line about the Beatles. And, you know, obviously <laughs> that didn't turn to be the Dave Clark Five or wherever it was or the swinging blue jeans. But, but he was so passionate. And I've often said to players, look, when we go out, when you get in there, they go, oh, I don't know what I'm going to say. Just said, look, just show that you love the club. Mm. There's some... Lots of um, there's been certain celebrities that you know, I love Kenneth Branagh to come out. Yeah. I love Ken, and, and I was so happy that he was involved in the film because I've seen yes. him. I've seen him at White Hart Lane, and I've asked it, and I've seen him putting a bet on for Christ's sake. Really? Go, <laughs> I just say, look, Sir Ken, and I love him, and I just look. Would you please come on? And I go, yeah, okay. Well, I'm not really sure, and, then, and Jude Law's a bit like, oh, I don't know. I think. They would love, you would love it. Oh, would. You would love it. Would. All you've got to do, I love Spurs. People will go crazy. Honestly. You could yeah. have the worst person in the world would come out and say, and and if if they know. It's a tapping. Yeah. It really is. It really it is. is. But no, I mean, yeah, from what you were saying, kind of, from the other side, I think from the fans, it's seeing, when it, especially the players, seeing someone they haven't seen out there on that turf for mm. years. And also, you'd hope for the players, it's a little bit of a, like a, 
well, a trip down memory lane. Remember mm. what it's been like on that mm. pitch, the adulation, and you know, people like like Gilly Alan, Alan Kazine, you know, obviously mm. kind of went off the map for a little while, and now yeah. he's very much back, and everyone's mm. gets to remember what an amazing talent, probably underrated by fans of other clubs because yeah. they didn't know him so well. So to get him out there, when was it? It was back to White Hart Lane. I apologise to people for this, but. Was it maybe the Arsenal? When did you have you it was, little, uh, it, five or six of them on the pitch? Oh, that was, was yeah, that was for the that was when we did the sixty-seven team. Was that what sixty-seven? Yeah, because what happened again was it was oh yeah, well we get a couple from sixty-seven. Jimmy Robertson's coming and Joe Kinnear's coming, yes. and it was just and I was told them two because we can talk about sixty-seven. I said, listen, we got to get them all. You know, there's all these other guys that are going to be there anyway. Don't just have those two. So let's get right. let's get Pat out. Let's get Mullers out. And it's and and who else was there? I can't remember. I can't remember who, who we had. There was there was Jimmy. There was anyway. So uh, Phil Beale brought out, although he was injured for the final, and um, uh, it was before Chivers. Anyway, I can't, anyway, Phil Phil hate me for not mentioning. Him. <laughs> but but that was it. And it was and then we made a thing of it. And let's just just have those guys from '67. It was just great. It was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. Current crop of players. Yeah. Let's move to them. Is this the best group you've seen in your years of being employed, I suppose? Yes. Think? Yeah. Absolutely. And the closest knit? Yeah. Yeah. It's the best team. I think it's the it's the best, I'd go as far as the best crop of players as a group that I have ever seen, personally. First game I saw was 76. Queen's Park Rangers, 14th of February, lost 3-0. And that was... Uh, it was Jennings, Terry Naylor, Don McAllister, John Pratt, Willie Young, Keith Osgood, Ralph Coates, Steve Perryman. There was Chivers, Chris Jones, Jimmy Neighbour. It was those days. And oh, uh, that was, that was, and still, if I ever meet, and there's a few that I haven't met in that team. When I met Terry Naylor for the first time, I was like, oh my God, because <laughs> then I automatically have become eight or nine years old again. So yeah, so that. And then I've seen, as all of us have seen, we've seen the ups, we've seen the downs. We've, seen, we've sat through, you know, when I started, it was through the 90s. Even then, though, we had this sense that we were going to do something because we always had a couple of great players. We had a Ginola, we had Sheringham, we had some world-class players, but we never had the whole set, did we? Yeah. You know, we had a couple, we had this great coin collection, we had a couple of them in there, but there was a lot missing. So, but whereas now... I mean, my God, what a great set of players we've got. Definitely. It, it's a real team. And and it's weird in that just the way Tottenham has never been is that players have become stars within the Tottenham team, whereas normally mm. it was more a case of, yeah, we'd pluck someone, like like you say, one famous person mm. or two with, you know, Ricky and Ozzy. And now we've got the likes of Deli Alley, who, mm. you know, probably only, you know, lower league football watchers had known us mm. before. And Harry mm. Kane, who was mm. a lone traveller would go mm. off all over the place and yeah it's it's a very different Tottenham Hotspur mm. it's very much one moulded in Poch's image it's yeah and it's and the other thing which is when before we play Crystal Palace said if this is truly the Spurs that we know and love we are going to lose at home to Crystal Palace <laughs> we are going to lose we've beaten Real Madrid this is going back to the 70s they even did it in the 60s they would go and yeah. play an amazing game and then they get beat at home To it's just the Spurs way you know what? And we didn't know we won one nil, not the Spurs way. And to win, uh, this is a different, this is oh, a different a thing breed. altogether. It really it is. It really is. And Poch, one of his maybe second or third kind of things he said in the press conference was very much uh, after the Real Madrid uh, victory, which you know it'd be every right to be just standing up with arms out, love me. Yeah, 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 How yeah, cool yeah, yeah. is that? But he didn't. He'd immediately turned. He said, honestly, it's as big a match against Palace because if we lose that, we slip behind and it's yep. all kind of been for nothing. Mm. And it's just, that's the mentality. And you can see him, you can see he's a really strange manager in press conferences in that he doesn't get over the top when they win. Mm. And when they lose, he's always looking for why there's little strands of positives and what they can improve on. But you could just sense this real burning kind of not an anger maybe more a frustration and, and how in the hell do I fix this because I don't want yeah. that to happen again I think that's probably what the best managers have got is yeah, yeah. never publicly criticise but you just feel this undercurrent of yeah. I'm going to rip into them on Monday and we're going to fix all of these little things that they didn't do that I told them to do Yeah, it was funny when, when I do the man of the match interview and after the game even after Real Madrid 
I always say the same thing. I say, so you get a day off tomorrow? They laugh. <laughs> they laugh. Yeah. And they go, <laughs> yeah, right. No, back in tomorrow. Back yeah. straight in there. Professionals. And it's a, not, you know, this is a, this is a, proper outfit I mean this is a very exciting time for being a Spurs fan oh it really is and, but it's you hear this from the the other players that uh, Pochettino's worked with the Southampton players and Espanyol he f- works them like ridiculously hard mm. and they love him for it mm. and you think what how does mm. that work you know in any of our workplaces if we were working insane hours mm. there'd be this kind of anger and bitterness but mm. he's just got something about him yeah just an aura he did, uh, it was lovely I went to his uh, book launch the other week um, at Hotspur Way yeah. and because a journalist for once we were kind of pushed to the back of the room yeah. uh, and it was all his friends and family and Daniel was there Donna mm. and people like that and the warmth in the room mm. for him you could just mm. and but it's reciprocated he's a lot I don't want to use Mr Mourinho but there's certain managers out there you very much feel it's about them yep. <clears throat> this is my success if we fail it was someone else's fault but with him, it's it's the group. Everything's about a collective. Yeah. Everything. Every even if you there's a couple of players. He's got a couple of favourites. You can tell the likes of Ben Davies. If yeah. I ask him about him, he'll big him up. But yeah. ultimately, yeah, it's about his collective. And I don't yeah. think we've we've ever had that at Tottenham. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's been some great managers. Harry uh, Martin, Joel, Ramos era that was well, still brought a trophy. Um, but there was never this sense of. Tottenham being a unit no. I think that's that's probably what's going to serve as well going forward yeah talk, I think so too and talking of going forward yes this lovely kind of gleaming new stadium with all its glass that I saw the other day yeah what's have you played any involvement in that yet in terms of kind of plotting out what your role will be um I don't know, sound, acoustics, even thinking as far ahead of the opening ceremony where you have anything to do with it. I think, of... again, I'm on a need-to-know basis. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I've got too much of a big mouth, they don't trust me. No, it's, um, oh, no, no. I've, the only thing I've seen of it is when I've gone down to the shop and I've had a meeting down there and I have a little walk around and then I go home and that's it. So, no, I will, I'll, you know, if they want me, then I'm contacted and I'll be there. But at the moment, no, it's, oh, it's going to be incredible though, isn't it? So exciting. Just, I went. Um, when was it? I was there. It was earlier this week. It was it Monday? I think that single tier South Stand. Mm. Oh my God! You can just see now how it's steep, but not in a oh God, we're all going to fall over kind of way. But in a, it's going to be a wall of noise. Oh, that'd be great! It's uh, an amazing these tree things that they've put in as well, which apparently are going to hold the the structure. Yeah, it's phenomenal. But I mean, I was going to ask you. Obviously, this is not in any way for you to then answer the question, but. Are you plagued with people saying, is it going to be ready on time? It's, it's Surely it's not going to be ready on time. Look at it, look at yeah, it. Yeah, I get asked all the time. Yeah, and yeah. but I suppose it's one of those where it's got to trust in the club. I, I mean, personally, uh, from the journalist side, I haven't heard anything that suggests otherwise. No. You know, it's, I think they've got, is it 1,300 people working on site now? That, yeah. that tells me every effort is being put towards Ooh. this. And, if you, and I can imagine, I mean, I don't know this, but I imagine once they're working inside, then that will go to 24 hours a day because yeah. there's not going to be any noise because everything's exactly. going to be inside. But you remember those rumours. I remember those rumours at the end of, of last season, people going, they're going to, it's going to be ready for the start of next season. Did you see <laughs> yes. that one? They're going to move in. And all one. of a sudden, someone puts it on Facebook. It spreads like wildfire. <laughs> then before you know it, I'm going, well, I've heard... Uh, then people are going, I've, I've heard the noise, uh, the, the sound that uh, people are saying that uh, you're going to be in the next... Come on. I mean, really, for Christ's sake. And now it's, oh, it's going to be... So, as far as I know, it's, well, I mean, you probably know more than me, Alistair, to be honest with you. It looks like it's, you know, I can't imagine that it's not going to be done if it's, it's prepared. You know, that's the idea. Yeah. You know, we're probably not going to go in there. It'll probably be a West Ham situation. First games will be away. International break, maybe start September. Could I don't be, know, yeah. but we'll see. But even, it doesn't have to all be complete in a way, doesn't it? It doesn't have to be literally, here's the keys, it's Ooh. ready. It, it just functioning, safety, all of that I'm sort of stuff. I'm happy to stand for a while. You know, for <laughs> Take your seat along. See, yeah, if there's any problem, point. you've got your seat. Anybody that's bought seats from my art lane, we're missing a few, bring them along and just sit on those and then we'll have the other ones for you in the next game. Finally, my wife will know there was a reason behind <laughs> taking that <laughs> yeah, seat yeah, yeah. and that's it. But no, I just, oh, just, it looks amazing. And I don't think, and I, I, you know, we have a lot of readers from kind of international ways over in America, places like in Asia and, I just, I'd love them to get a sense of how enormous this thing is going to be. Yeah. Honestly, I always try and take this one photo every time I go because I love it. When you walk out from White Hart Lane Station to the crossroads 
uh, crossroad to the uh, the T junction, and look across, and you see the uh, the old buildings down the high street, and this thing monster. Oh yeah. my god! Honestly, yeah. it is like a, I don't want to use a spaceship as landing because a spaceship kind of signifies this kind of outlandish design, but it's not. It's a yeah. really classy. Yeah. Look, and it just sits so fun. For the first time, I got down uh, Worcester Avenue, which I hadn't been able to get down recently. Same again. Yeah. Houses, people's houses. And someone said to me, oh, my God, what must it be like for them? I was like, I would buy one. In. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> yeah. can you imagine yeah, looking, out and looking up at that every day? It just... But have you, have you stood on the high road and looked at it and you think, it seems a bit further along because I'm imagining, I'm looking at it as if it's the old White Hart Lane. So how how comes I'm on this? Because, do you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. slightly along. Yeah. So you're trying to get your bearings right yeah. when you look at it. Oh, it is. And and I suppose the other interesting thing that comes up is the amount of people that are still going to call it the lane. Yeah. Do you think you will? Don't know. Yeah, I'm there. I'm exactly in that position. Don't know. Because it doesn't have a name at the moment. Yeah. So, no, I don't know. No, I don't, really don't know. Yeah, it's weird because... Someone asked me that a few weeks back, and I was like, oh, you know what? I think maybe I still do refer to the area as the lane for some reason. Yeah. So, like, when I'm going up, I say to my boss, I'm going to go up and take some photos of the lane. Yeah. But I kind of, yeah, I don't mean the ground. I always refer to it as the new stadium at the moment. Yeah. And there's all these, I know, obviously, I know there's this groundswell of, let's call it new White Hart Lane. Let's just call it White Hart Lane. It's like, but then you're doing yourself out of, I don't know, 200, 300 million pounds worth that yeah. can go towards the club. Well, let me run this by you. How long have, yeah, White Hart Lane, but how long have we been referring to it as the lane? I don't think it's, it's, we all say, oh yeah, go to the lane. I don't know whether I always called it that going back 10, 15, 20 years. That's a great question. You know, I don't know whether it's, it's the lane. And of course it was the, the, all the merchandise, the lane. But, and, you know, we are, t- we are talking from The Lane. Mm. I don't know whether that's actually come out of that song that all of a sudden people Ooh, are saying, The Lane. Shout, yeah, it you could know? be. Yeah, it's... Because yeah, I when I started I can't that. remember the old days people actually calling it The Lane. The Lane, yeah, just, yeah, White Hart Lane. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. So we'll... So we'll, we'll we shall see. We will see. Well, we're we certainly going to change their station name, aren't they? To, I think it's just going to be called Tottenham Hotspur. Is that right? I think it is, yeah. So it's when you drive over the North Circular, when you yeah. come in on the North Circular, and then you go, you're going into into London, and then you look over on the left hand side, and then I always look to see if I can see the lane, <laughs> but and you sort of like just see it over the middle bit. Oh, there it is, there it is. Whereas now, you can see it from miles as you're driving. <laughs> there it is. It's brilliant. Can you imagine what it'd be like driving up there with the lights on? Not that I'll be able to drive past it <laughs> because I'll be in there. Yeah, but yeah. you know, oh, that'd be amazing. Another thing I want to ask you, it's just a thought that's come to me in the last few days. Is there a bit of a Martin Joel, Ramos, Redknapp situation with the stadiums in terms of, I think, the night Martin Joel got sacked, people would have gone absolutely bananas if they then brought Harry Redknapp in. But then they had this yep. period with Ramos I agree. where it was... You know, it, it, like we say, it got the trophy, but ultimately, league-wise, it wasn't good enough. He was, at the time, I had this conversation the other oh, yeah. day, he was the guy to go for, wasn't he? He was oh, at yeah. Seville. He was the AVB of his kind e- of era, exactly, wasn't he? Exactly, yeah. every time. You know, and, and and I'm speaking purely personally as a Spurs fan. When we look back, oh, yeah, he was terrible. At the time, we got the best manager at the possible time that we could have got. Yeah. There's no question about that. But yeah. unfortunately... A lot of them didn't work. Exactly. You know, it was the same with um, Santini, and it was like the France France didn't do as well as we were expecting them to. After the announcement, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then all those, and then. But anyway, sorry. Oh, I broke the chair. That's all right. That's fine. But yeah, no, I mean, uh, and kind of my weird, far-fetched kind of comparison is with the stadiums. Maybe had we gone from White Hart Lane and the beauty of it, that finale, and then gone straight into this cold new stadium. Maybe people have been about, oh, it's not like the lane. Oh, I see what you're but saying. But now, yeah, yeah. Had this year at Wembley, yeah. a lot of people grumbled about it and everything. Yeah. I want to go home. Yeah. And kind of almost like, we are going home. We've got this great new place. And it's kind of put a slightly different spin on it. Yeah, I think you're right. Purely, <sighs> it's just a, a, a circumstance. It's a situation mm, yeah, that's happening. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think a year away and then to go back in will be that the excitement will... Yeah, I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, someone said the other day, and it was a great statement. It is. When I, um, I put a video up of um, of the stadium and someone said, oh, the day Harry Kane scores that first goal 
at the new stadium, mm. the roof is going to come off. I hope it doesn't because that set it back massively. But <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and you can kind of feel it. And yeah. and they they've been very clever. The CGI little videos they've used mm. and the, and the three D images. And I was lucky enough. I don't know if you have they let you do that the whole um, yeah, yeah. VR stuff. Yeah, film it. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. So did I. I didn't think I was. I don't know about you. I've got this thing about VR. You don't know what the people are doing around you. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's that no pay. You think I've got these goggles on? People are sticking the two fingers up behind me, and I can't see it. You know, that's how I got this thing about yeah, yeah. selfies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is. It's amazing. Is it so clever? So it's, clever. It's it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be such a stadium. And if the stadium's not ready, then what they'll do is just put you in the seats, and everybody will wear the goggles <laughs> exactly until the stadium's finished. Yeah, yeah. They may be at Wembley, but you yeah, 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 yeah. That's them. it. You yeah, just yeah, put the goggles on, and it feels like you're actually there. Yeah. Well, very much. It's going to be a wonderful stadium, and hopefully, obviously, you'll be part of it for I, many I, I years so. to come. I hope so, mate. Because you are a proper asset to Tottenham Hotspur, honestly. As I said before, it's probably not something you, you expect to hear from people, but no. as a uh, well, say as a kid, that was awful. I was going to massively make you sound older there. Not as a kid, right. not as a kid, but as a younger man. Yes. Obviously, you always remember your voice booming over the tannoy. Yeah. And then uh, from a professional perspective, to see you doing it as well and what you did with that crowd. Honestly, your legacy, whether you want it or not, <laughs> that, that is your White Hart Lane legacy. And thank you. And listen, thank you for the words, because someone sent me that, and I was that was it. And I yeah, showed me kids, and I was very happy with that, so thank you. Exactly what you said. Thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure. Thank you. Join us next month for a new episode on Tottenham Hotspur and their new stadium for Football.London.